The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Nishmat Marat Zekerati, Yafa Batsara, Velu Nishmat, Abraham ben Esther, Wachashem Tenihemma, Begin Aiden, Amen. Today's daf is being studied for Ashrema, Moshe ben Irav, Ratan ben, Shunamit, Enna, Refana, Lahem, Fata Nefesh, Fata Gu, Fata Nkara, Balba, Bechini, Rasul, Marat, Amen. Begin today's daf on Nantet, Amudishon, we are 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 lines down. Okay, now, we learned uh, in a Braita, Previously, uh, Rabbi Yosei Gilili said that Hamazik Shahat, if a person, let's say, a person, an animal eats Shahat, Shahat is like uh, the stubble in the field, okay? So it says he has to pay what it's going to be worth, the field, after it's fully grown. You pay not according to what it is now, the depreciation, but the depreciation according to a field. That's at the harvest time, that's about to be uh, cut. How much would the field be worth if, let's say, this was not cut? And you make the depreciation according to that, she owed. So now, uh, Abaye is going to find that Rabbi Yoseh is not alone. There's another opinion that agrees to Rabbi Yoseh. We begin. Amar Abaye, Rabbi Yoseh Gilev, Rabbi Shma'el, Amru Davar Echad. Rabbi Yoseh Gilev, Rabbi Yoseh Gilev, we said it already, by the Sha'at. Bishmael de Tanya. Okay, now we're talking about over here, an animal went to somebody else's field and damaged, uh, trampled the uh, perot, whatever it may be, right? So it's metav sadeo, metav karmo, yishalem. So the mazik has to pay metav. Metav is the best, right? So metav sadeo, shem nizak, o metav karmo, shem nizak, to vreda Bishmael. Rabbi Akiva Omer, lo ba katuv ela ligbot le nizakin menaidit, kavahomel hegdesh. So we have a machlok to be Akiva to be Yishmael how to learn the pasuk. This is metav karmo. The mazik has to be metav the best. Who's best? Rabbi Yishmael shita, as we learned earlier in the masechet, on that vav, Rabbi Yishmael shita is it's the metav of the nizak, the best of the nizak. Which means, uh, let's say uh, the mazik has three fields, A, B, and C. And the Nizak also has three fields, correct? Now, the best of the, uh, if you look at the best of the Mazik, that means he has to pay his A field, okay? But if I'm going to look at the best of the Nizak, we're talking about a case where let's say the Nizak's C field is equal, the Nizak's A field is worth to my C field. So I have to pay according to... The A of the Nizak. That's to be Shmael. You go, not according to my, because if, if, if it was according to my best field, so therefore I got to pay according to my A. But I pay according to the A of the Nizak. Okay, that's the, that's the calculation according to the B 
Yishmael. Rabbi Akiva says, no, the Pasuk is just coming to tell me that what? That you have to pay Edit, Metav. Kalvachomen, if you damage Higdish. If I damage a regular guy, I got to pay from my best. Certainly when I pay a Higdish, I have to pay also from my best. Okay? But now we're going to analyze. Gemara says like this. When the B Yishmael said that you pay from the best of the Nizak, he cannot mean, we all agree, he cannot mean that you're paying more. If a guy damages a thousand, he doesn't mean to say that you're going to pay quantum Nizak and it's going to cost you now fifteen hundred. There's no Sevarat to think for a minute that he was coming to say you're going to pay more than you damage. That's impossible to accept. So the Gabbana says, Velotema, don't think that he meant Kerav Idi Bar Avin. Dabar of Idi Bar Avin, Kegon Shachla Aruga Ben Arugot. Davidi explained initially on Davav, he said, what's the case over here? Why would I pay? What do you mean that you're paying for the best of the Nizak? Oh, so I'll tell you the case of Edi said. He's talking about, well, let's say the animal ate one aruga, one row amongst the rows. And what? And we don't know if he ate a good row, an expensive row, or a cheap row. The Amar kum shelim, shemena. And what's the talking to be Ishmael? That the Nizak will come along and say, Alright, you got to pay me according to the, to the good one then. Which means, uh, the Mazik comes along and says, Listen, I agree, I, my animal ate one of the rows here. I don't know which one it ate. So the Nizak comes along and says, Listen, I got good rows, I got bad rows. Pay me the good row. And that's what the Ishmael was saying. Bimetav of the Nizak. That cannot be. You know why? For a simple reason, Gabriel says, We know that already. You're coming to take money out of me, prove to me that my animal ate the best row. So for sure, Bishma did not mean when it says the Nizak, you go according to what the Nizak, not according to what he says. I'll pay, prove to me. You have a video, you have, you have witnesses, but just because you're coming along and saying, yeah, I want the higher price. I'll pay the cheaper price. Good. So that, that's not, what does it mean? Bimetav According to the metav of what he has, you pay the fair price of the niz- based on the nizak's metav. and what is that? which means metav of, of the guy's field means of the nizak. When he said metav, he meant not based on what he ate and the field's appreciation now. But metav of the nizak after the field grows and reaches its full potential, you pay the depreciation according to to that. So he's learning the be smile. Metav of the nizak. What did he mean metav of the nizak? I mean the best of the nizak, the best arugav of the nizak means to say after the field appreciates to its full value, then you make the calculation. So you see the be Ishmael is saying the same thing as. Rabbi Yosef, that you don't pay according to the current depreciation, you pay according to the depreciation of the future. That's the way they learn the Bishma. Metav of the Nizag, meaning Kiyach de Salik, when it grows up, when everything is ready for initially, initially when we well, Initially, when we learned Nizak or Mazik, we're discussing who's Metav. Now we're discussing over here how you calculate the payment. 
It's metav of the nizak, meaning after the nizak's field appreciates, then you make the calculation on how much the depreciation was. After the appreciation of the whole field, after it grows to the fullest value, then you go down. Metav of the nizak, meaning the nizak's growth. It's a new way of learning this item. Amar Mor. One more line. Which is when do we say over here that you pay according to the, the depreciation of now? That's when it ate uh, these uh, shoots of grapes and vines and uh, uh, twigs of the uh, dates. Dates? Or figs. So Gabriel says, Hasmadar, but if it was Samadar, which is these small grapes, unripened yet, Do'in Otan Ki'ilu Anavim Omdot Nibatsir. So it sounds like you're going to calculate it according to the future, which means how much they're going to be worth at the time after they would have been ripened. But we have a problem because the Bishim on Ben Yudah, the same rabbi, said in the Sefa, Akhla Pagin, Obosir, these are figs or grapes that are half ripened. It's only at that stage, half ripened. That's when you pay according to a full ripened calculation. Hasmadar, what smadar was only budding. It's much you judge it according to what it is now. Which means the Gemara is putting, making a haluk between smadar and pagin and bosir. Bosir and pagin that you calculate when it would be fully right. Mashiachin, smadar, no. But the statement was, Amar Mor, implying that only you pay according to what it is now. Mashma semadar, you pay according to what it is fully grown. So make a we have a stiran de Sandwich everything together and read it like this. No matter what, once it comes to grapes, even if they're budding, they just budded, or they're half ripened, whatever it may be, the calculation is according to what they depreciate after they would fully have grown. That is his calculation. You look at it according to full growth. Good. So he's saying the same thing. Because the Yoshua in that Braita, by the way, said that Simadar, you pay according to what they are fully ripened. So therefore it comes out of Yoshua and the Bishwam and Yehuda are saying the same ruling. And is the key. Kahash Gufna. What is Kahash Gufna? Look at this here. I have a, a vine. Okay? Now when there's grapes on the vine, it takes the strength of the vine. When I cut the grapes off, so even though I was mazik, or my animal was mazik, or, yeah, my animal was mazik, but now I strengthen the vine. The vine now becomes strong because now there's no grapes on it. So therefore it's a less. So one rabbi calculates the weakening of the vine that now... We strengthened. And one said, no, you don't calculate that. So, kahash gufna. 
the weakness of the geffen is the difference between which both hold smadar grapes. You calculate not what you what the, what, the, what the animal ate now, what they're worth after they would have fully ripened. Good. Also same thing. But what the Gemara says, velom But we don't know who says what. Meaning, I got to be Yeshua and be Shomin Yehuda. There's enough kamina. One's going to calculate the fact that now it's a cheaper price because now you brought strength back to the tree, and one doesn't calculate that. But I don't know which one holds what. So the Gemara says, Amar Amar u what do you mean? I know who holds what. I'll tell you exactly who holds what. Man Who's the opinion that says you factor in that now he re-strengthened the tree and therefore it's a cheaper price? The Bishwam in Yehudahi. How? From something else he said. The Tanya. The Bishwam in Yehudahi. The Bishwam in Yehudahi. The Bishwam On this, a lady was raped. Now part of the Tsar of raping a Betula is the pain that she suffered from breaking a betulin. So Rabbi Shimon says, you don't have to pay for that. You know why? She's going to get that pain anyway when she gets married to her husband. So they no. Oh, that's what I was going to say back. So you see what? According to Rabbi Shimon, you calculate over here the hajbon uh, that you don't have to pay tsa'ad. Why don't have to pay tsa'ad? Because this is something that's going to be... Uh, in, in the future as well. And then what does that got to do with us? Rashi. exactly. Kash Gufna. Let's read Kash Gufna for a second. Look at the Rashi. Right? It's the grapes that weaken the vine. That's Kash Gufna. If, if, if these, he did your favor, this animal, to a certain extent. If these grapes would have stood until the harvest, uh, the, the vine would have been very weakened. So therefore you have to factor that in. Alright? So, oh. so you see by honest, you factor in now what the girl is going to become weakened in the future. Correct? So you take, you t- he says, give her this discount. Don't pay tzah now. Similarly, he'll hold by the Grapes. grapes. Factor in now that, by the way, by taking these grapes off, you have now taken away the item that weakens the tree, and therefore in the future the tree is going to be short. So factor that in, just like you factor in, you discount a lady that was in us, discount this. So the Gebra asks you a question. Gebra, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. He said, when a girl is raped. It's more pain because it was against her will. You cannot say, "Well, it's going to happen anyway." It's going to happen anyway by a husband, in a, when it's willingly. So, therefore, the tsar of an onus is about what? Which means the gemara is challenging the bishemon. We don't agree with that logic. You're saying it's going to happen anyway. What is going to happen anyway? We agree that there's going to be tsar, but it's not going to be the tsar of a of an onus. So comes the gemara and says, "Dramopis, Amar Abaye, Hani Tanae." The following Tanaim, the Rabbi Shimon and Yehuda Amru Davarehad. Rabbi Shimon and Yehuda had the Amran. Now we just said his uh, Shita. That what? Rabbi Shimon and Yehuda has the opinion that says you calculate the tsar of the onus based on what's going to happen in the future. So you still have to pay, right? Hari Tanemai, the Tanya, Rabbi Yosei Omer, Naki Haya. Ben Azai Omer, Naki Mizonot. What's the case over here? 
you cause the lady to have a miscarriage. So you got to pay for the babies, right? So one rabbi says, but you could discount the fact that now she doesn't have to pay the nurse to give birth. So you save the money. And one rabbi says, you could also discount now mizonot. She doesn't got to feed the babies. So, so therefore, you see that what there's other opinions that calculate that even though there was a damage, but there's a, there's a benefit as well. So comes the and says, Man de'aman haya. The opinion that says you could subtract from the damages the price that you would have to pay the midwife, Certainly, you could discount the mizonot, the amount of extra food that you would have to feed the baby. Uman de'aman mizonot. But according to the opinion that just says you can calculate mizonot, avan hayalo. You can't discount the nurse. Why? The husband could come along and say, My wife is a professional, she can give birth herself. We didn't need a, uh, a midwife, by the way. But food she had to eat. The baby has to eat. So the opinion that says food is dafka food, not nurse. The opinion that says nurse, koshakin, food. What's the logic why food, not the nurse? Because again, the guy could come along and say, Who said I'm using a nurse? My wife already gives birth alone. She knows how to do it alone. Gemara continues. The Gemara told us above that there was a story of a fellow that cut down a palm tree. And uh, he went to get judged by the, uh, by the uh, exilarch by the Resh Galut. And the Resh Galut told him, well, I saw trees over there, three of them were worth a hundred. So you chop down one tree, so you have to pay 33 and a third. He said, I'm not interested in Dina de Persae, Persian law. So he went to the rabbi, he went to Rav Nachman. Nachman told him, over 60, which means, calculate over a uh, 60 palm trees. And how much would a person now pay if one of them is missing? Obviously, it's a less of a depreciation than paying for the actual tree itself. So the Gemara says, There was a story, a case that came to them, and they indeed followed the Shitav Rahman to evaluate it over Shishim. Which means, according to this version, they. Uh, Evaluated a dikla, a palm tree, bishishim again, you know, over sixty. Agav ketina de in the value of the field itself. The difference between the two shitot is the first one is just looking at trees, not calculating the land underneath it. The second version is saying no, the land that has the trees on it. How much is it worth with the 60 trees? And now how much is it devaluated with the 59? So the first sheet, just looking at trees themselves, 60 trees, selling it like that with one missing. And the second sheet says, Agav It's Agav, the, the land. So it's a different, uh, it's a different calculation. The Gemara says both Shitor are right. The Resh Galut and the Papa the Ravunab the Rav Yoshua, but depends what type of palm tree we're talking about. If it's a Dikla de Aramma'ah 
we're going to follow the shita of the papa that you make the evaluation agav shishim. However, on a diklap parsa, which is a very expensive tree, so there it's hashuv. There you judge each tree individually because of its hashivut, and therefore we'll follow the Rishgalut's deen of you pay 33 and a third, whatever it is, whatever the value of the tree is individually because of its hashivut. As she on the bottom says, Nechdeklad parsa'a hashuvu me'od v'nishum b'fne'atzmo and it is evaluated by itself. Comes again and says, Eliezer Zeira. They call them Eliezer Zeira, Eliezer the Tsair, the small one, the young one. Havasiyem misane uchmeh. He was wearing black shoes. According to the Minhag Rashis of Avelim, mourners, Barbanan, used to wear black shoes. And he was actually walking in public with these black shoes on in the marketplace of Nardea. So the men of the Beresh uh, Galut, the Exilarch, the government uh, saw him. Well, what are you doing wearing these black shoes in uh, public? I'm mourning Jerusalem. What, are you so hashuv, you hold yourself so significant that you could mourn Jerusalem in public? They felt that this was arrogant. Which means you have to act according to your level. The great Sadiqim and Hasidim, they were known to mourn Jerusalem in public. But who are you? They didn't know who he was. Who are you uh, all of a sudden now taking on the cloak of great Sadiqim to start mourning Jerusalem in public like that? So in the olden days, Ga'ava was an offense that you can get punished for. So they, they, they incarcerated him. Gibbana says, At you, Ve'habshua, they put him in jail. They tied him up. And what's the, what's, what's the, uh, what's the crime? Ga'ava, Yuhara. Amar lehu. So he tells them, Gavrarava'ana. I'm, I'm a gavra and a gavra, I'm worthy. What are, you, what, are you, what are you imprisoning me for? Amru mina yatrinan. How do we know that you're a gavra rabba? Amar lehu i'atun ba'u minai milta. Either you ask me a question, i'anai ba'u minai milta, or I'll ask you a question. Which means, you see from this gemara that in the olden days, the way they evaluated if a person is Adam Hashuv, Ask me a question. If I know the answer, then already I proved myself. Or I'll ask you a question, and if I stump you, then already I'm uh, I'm holding. I, I, I'm in the, uh, in the obviously Torah question he was referring to, right? So the Gemara says, You ask us a question. Very simple. A guy cut down a date tree, but that she says it was bosir. Kufra is when the dates are still unripened yet. Bosir, like they just bought it. My Mishalim. Very simple. Give me the evaluation. How, if this guy came to Betin, how do you evaluate the payment of damages? Amruleh, Mishalim de Kufra. Say it all very simple. You pay uh, for the tree, for whatever, whatever it's worth. The Kabbalah says, Ve'avu Tamre. She says, Lehazeman. What do you mean? The damage should not be for what it is now. You also have to factor in that it's going to grow into full dates. So therefore we cause them that damage of the future growth. So they told them, Okay, you're right. Pay, pay, pay for, the, uh, for the dates. 
when they ripened. Amad lehu ve'alav tamresh kalmine. What are you talking? They're not dates. It's kufra. So whatever they answered, he went back. Pay kufra. Well, what about the future? Okay, pay for the future. But what about now? They're not dates yet. It's kufra. Amru de emalan at. Okay, we give up. You you give us the answer. Amad lehu bishishim. So the way you evaluate it is bishishim. Now that she says imakarka with the land. Which means, it's really a combination. Which means, what the tree is now, bottom line, you cut the tree is kufra, but when he's buying the field, imagine you have a field of shishim, how much would you pay in a field that's ripened fruit, that this tree over here did not ripen yet, so you're factoring in that this tree over here did not Ripen, yes, you are taking in a futuristic uh, uh, calculation as well, but you're also factoring in now what it is, but you do it like Avshishim. Amru there, mana markivatich. So I told him, what do you mean? Where did you get this from? Who holds like you? Amar lehu, ha-shemuel hai ubit dino kayam. Don't take my word for it. Shemuel, who dan dinim amonot, he says the halakha, he's alive, go ask him. So Gemara says, Shadru kamed shemuel, he said good, but he said b'shishim. B'shavkuhu, they let him go. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Akhla Perot Gemurim. Now the end of our Mishnah said, if a person eats Perot Gemurim, full, complete fruits, so then the deen is, he has to pay actual value. That's the deen of Rabbi Shimon at the end of our Mishnah. If the fruits are ripened already, so then you pay the value of the fruits themselves. Mike Ta'amas, there's Khan Rabbi Shimon. Oh, didn't we learn to teach me that the evaluation of damages of a field is always Why you tell me that you pay actual price? from the pasuk when an animal eats fruit, it's meaning shishim. The way we learned earlier, where does the mishmon get it to say that what you pay for the actual damages of the fruit? Yeah, that's only talking about where a fruit still needs the field. When it's unripened, where it's still nurturing from the field, then you make a hasbon into the field that's underneath it. But here it doesn't need the field anymore, it's ripened. So the field has nothing to do with it. Ella, you judge the fruit itself. Rav made a ruling like Rabbi Meir, and he was posek alakak Rabbi Shimon. Two different subjects. Dan Rav Rabbi Meir. When did Rav rule like Rabbi Meir? The Tanya. We're talking about over here of a lady. Lady uh, gets ketubah, correct? In the case, let's say the husband divorces her or dies, so there's a ketubah payment that the lady gets every asset of the husband is mishu'bad, all his karka is mishu'bad, to the payment of the ketubah. Correct? So therefore, she always has a lien on his assets to get paid the ketubah. Now let's see what happened over here. The Tanya, katav larishon velo khatmalo. What did the guy do? Guy sold the field, one of his fields over there, <coughs> and... Uh, he went to his wife first. And said, so, by the way, do you give me permission to sell this field? Because really, he needs permission in the sense that she has a shi'abur on that field. Lo hatmalo. She didn't sign. Meaning, she didn't give permission. Le sheni ve hatmalo. 
And what happened? He went to sell the second field. And it comes to his wife. His wife says, no problem. Uh, sell it. So therefore she was mochel, her rights, to the second field. Din abda ketubata. Finished. She has lost and forfeited her ketubah debre rabbi meir. What's the pshat? As she explains. Lo chatma lo sadem yuchadad ketubah. Good. Avda ketubata velo matzit lomar nahatruah hasiti lebali. She can't come along and say, ah, I was just trying to appease my husband when I told him, I'm mochel, uh, I'm letting him sell it. I'm going after these fields. There's a lien on them. Therefore, she can go after the first field, and she can go after the second field. She cannot come along and say that um, that the, she, she, she can come along and say, I didn't mean it. I was just, uh, you know, the husband's asking, can you do me a favor? She wants to impress her husband a little. She says, okay, honey, don't sell it. Sell the field. But she really didn't mean it. And therefore, Rabbi Uda says, she gets a ketubah. Rabbi Uda says, no, she doesn't get a ketubah. Why? So let's get the mechanics good. The way it works is, the first field technically is pledged to the ketubah because she didn't get permission. Good. So the guy bought the field. Now, when the guy bought the field, there was another field available for him to get payment. Which means, if let's say somebody would come for a payment, they would not be allowed to go to the guy who bought field number one because the seller still had had a field left in his portfolio. So the rule is, as long as the seller has one field left in his portfolio that's free, the field that's sold, you cannot go after that guy. Because he can always say, what do you mean, I bought it, I knew he had a field over there, go, go, go after his own field. What are, you, what are you taking the field that was sold, go to the seller, he still has fields that are pledged. Example, a guy comes along and says, hey, you owe me a thousand dollars. So uh, he comes along and says, well, I sold the field, go, go to the guy that I sold, that's, uh, that, that was pledged to it. He goes to the guy and says, I bought the field, he has a field that's available, now go to that. But the law is, once there was a field available at the time of the sale, even though later on he sells that field, doesn't matter. You can never go back to the first guy. So now what happens? The lady in the first case comes along and says, I don't want you to sell it. Okay? doesn't want to sell it. So therefore, her ketubah is pledged. Correct? She has a, she's, she's a, she's, she has a shabud. But since there was a free field left, her shabud automatically goes to the field that is... Free. When she comes to the second field and says, sell it, so now already, where her ketubah could have been paid, she already is mochel. She can't go back to the first guy, because at the time of the first guy, the field was free. So therefore, she loses her ketubah from field number one and field number two, and she cannot come along and say, oh, I was just joking. I just wanted to give my husband pleasure. Why? What's the logic? Because if you wanted to give your husband pleasure, you should have given him pleasure on the first field. Why did you say no on the first field and yes on the second field? Elah, that's not a claim. says, no, she can't say that. And therefore, she's still able to go to the, uh, uh, to, go to field number one. And not field number one, she gets for field number two. Because bottom line, she can say, I was just joking. I was just trying to make my husband feel good. Therefore, the second field remains pledged. And Rav had a case like this that come in front of him. And Rav was done like the Bimi'ir. That what? 
she cannot say, I was just making my husband happy, therefore, she loses her ketubah, again, she cannot go to the second field, she cannot go to the first field. And then the Gemara says, In which case, If the fruit are ripened, then the deen of Rabbi Shimon is you pay full price. And he ruled like that as well. Baruch Adonai Amen.